This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Reiner's Entertainment Radio. I'm your host, Patricia W. Fisher, and I very much appreciate you giving us a listen today. Um, A few observances I wanted to mention on this day. It's January 20th, so it's the one-year anniversary of President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris's Inauguration Day. And whether or not you're a fan, it was a historic day for our country in our 246-year history. We swore in a female vice president and a woman of color. Um, and so it's, it was a huge big deal, whether you're, you know, you know, pro, whatever, I won't discuss it with you. Um, just, you know, it is a historic day. Um, there's also today is also penguin awareness day. So any penguins you might see, wish them a good day. There are 17 species of penguins. So you might come across one. Um, and if you're interested in learning more about penguins, you can check out Penguins Institute, in, I'm sorry, penguinsinternational.org. And then it's also Women's Healthy Weight Day. So I don't know who came up with that great awareness, but it's followed by International Sweatpants Day. So I kind of feel like it's a confusing <laughs> message. Um, so, but no matter your weight, um, a comfortable pair of sweatpants is always a good idea. And then I also want to give a big shout out to the Romance Landia Bookshop. As a lover of the romance genre, I follow them on Twitter, and they have, like, all this merch, like buttons and note cards and stickers, and you can join the Romance Landia Sticker Club. So every month, they'll send you a three-inch sticker in the mail celebrating romance, um, happily ever afters, positive messages related to inclusivity and joy. And then in your first month of, if you do the annual membership of 60 bucks, you get a Romance Landia Sticker Club sticker. Um, and at 60 bucks for the year, you can buy individual stickers for 5 bucks a piece or 3 for 10 And you can check them out at RomanceLandiaShop.com, or you can follow them at Twitter at Rom, R-O-M underscore shop. And then I'll also post it on my feed, which is P-A-W-F 1067, and it'll be there. So check them out. They have really pretty stickers. She's, she had beautiful designs last year, so you should check it out. Well, okay, so I'm in Central Texas, and it's presently freezing which um, we don't handle too well here. Uh, But there's also a chance of flurries this afternoon. So um, a bit of info, we're just not really good about this. But I do love cold weather and staying home with a delicious book. And so today I have a delicious book and a great author for you to learn about. If she might be new to you, you you might have been anxiously waiting her newest releases, but I have Michelle Dayton. And she loves three things the most. She loves sexy and suspenseful novels, her family, and the city of Chicago. Oh, and Mr. Darcy. Um, And she (laughs) dreams of a year of world travel as long as the trip includes weeks and weeks of beach time. Agreed. Um, And as a bourbon lover and an unabashed wine snob, Michelle thinks heaven is discussing a good book over an adult beverage. I I would add on the beach to the end of that. I think it would be good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can find her at Twitter at MK Dayton Writer and on her website, michelledayton.com, and you can sign up for her newsletter there, and all the links will be in the write-up of the show. Her latest releases, Scammer Girl and Disaster Girl, are the first of new series and available now. Welcome to the show, Michelle. How are you? I am so great. How are you? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we were just talking about before we went live, it's 19, but about 19 degrees for you guys right now. 
My computer says 17, so yeah, it is cold. Oh. All right, and then you get that wind chill off Lake Michigan, and so just single digits for sure. <laughs> yeah, yes. I'm sure. I am so sure. It's funny. My sister-in-law is from there, and every time we talk to her, she, when she was down, she met my brother when she was living in Houston. Huge difference, of course. Um, and she would always talk about the weather, and I kept wondering, like everything was weather-related, everything. And I kept wondering why. And a friend of mine who was a nurse, he worked up there, and he said, oh, everything's because of the weather. Like, you dress in layers because, like, if you go into the hospital at 630 and you come out at 330, you don't know. It could be raining. It could be, you know, 90 degrees. So you dress in layers. Is that valid? That is completely valid, yes. I think I've got three on right now. I have my office is in a basement, and so um, and it's got its own little microclimate. So I have a turtleneck nice. sweater on and a T-shirt, and I have a shawl in case, you know, like an extra cold, I can just throw it on. <laughs> sure. But you can also lay it across your lap. It serves a dual purpose here, you know? It's good stuff. True. True. So you can make a little hot toddy with a little lemon and honey and bourbon with some cinnamon, and then snuggle up I and read a book or watch a movie. I love a bourbon hot toddy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love a bourbon hot toddy. <laughs> I, I made, yeah, I, I didn't make too many when I bartended. I didn't make too many hot toddies because, like I said, it doesn't get terribly cold for long periods of time here. A lot of bourbon, but um, that just sounds really good, though, like lemon, honey, bourbon, and cinnamon. I mean, you just can't go wrong. No, that's just how you survive January that. around here. I would think so. If anything, you can put your hands in it up. <laughs> Use it on cold, you know, scrapes and cuts. So all good. <laughs> Multi-purpose, for sure. <laughs> yes, obviously. So I, I have to ask you, you're obviously a Jane Austen fan. Um, yes. <laughs> what, are your, what are your favorite Jane Austen adaptations for book or film? Ooh, what a fantastic I know. question. Um, <laughs> well, you know a lot of people have very strong opinions on either the BBC version or the Kira Knightley version, and I yes. actually really like both. The, the 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 BBC one is great. It's just long. It's more of a time commitment. Um, so if you yeah. need, you know your quick Darcy fix, then the you know the 2005 the the Kira Knightley is is hard to beat. Um, but I also oh my gosh I like psychotically love the Emma Thompson Kate Winslet Sense and Sensibility with oh my gosh um, yeah. Oh, that is so good with with Hugh Grant and um, uh, what's his name, Alan Colonel Brandon, who is Alan. Yeah, yes. Oh, I love. I it. know. I, I think I could do any of those movies from start to finish, just all the dialogue. I love it so much. Oh, for sure. I mean, it was interesting because I, you know, I'd read Jane Austen, but when I saw that movie, um, man, that was just visually so captivating and. The, the cadence of it all and the beats and I mean you just you, your heart breaks when it's supposed to of course and when it you know you get a little excited and fluttery in the heart for um, you know those moments but wow what a cast I mean that was that was wonderful yeah and I think Emma Thompson didn't she win an Oscar for this the adapted screenplay of that I think, she did that was so cool she did so cool uh huh she did yeah and then it was directed by um, oh. He's an oh, Asian. Ang Lee, I think. Direct. Yes, Ang Lee. Right, right. He. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he did it. So, and I believe he was nominated that year too. And Kate Winslet. Oh. I mean, that was early in her career. 
And was. she was just phenomenal. And, and then everything she's done has basically been phenomenal. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and it's, and, you know, you're watching it, and it's so interesting how timeless that that process is of falling for the wrong guy because I watched it with my grandmother um, and then I watched it with my daughter not too long ago so you know 20 years apart you know more than 20 years apart of watching the two and um, I remember both both times just going oh girl just walk away just walk away from me and you see it and you're just like oh honey just just walk away. Um, but you get it, too. He gives her that look, and he takes a lock of her hair, and he saves her with her bad ankle, and you, you, get, it. you get why it happens. I know. It's like Willoughby. Well, and what's interesting about it is he, Emma Thompson, they met. Um, Greg Wise, I think is her husband's name, is Willoughby, and they met, and they got married. So I didn't know that. Eleanor. Yeah, Eleanor actually married Willoughby. Oh, my God. Now I'm like, yeah. as soon as we hang up, I'm Googling this. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I came across it somehow a while back. I was like, what? I had to go back and look. But, yeah, it is. Yeah. Wow, that is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So who, in your opinion, is the best Mr. Darcy on, on, on film? Oh, man. I mean. I know. Colin, I'm just throwing Colin you under the bus real quick, hard aren't I? To... I know, no, I love these questions. Oh my god! Um, I mean, Colin Firth is like—he's just like a prototype, you know. He's so like stiff and awkward and stuff. But oh, I right. just think that some of the scenes in, with Matthew McFadden, like the one where he touches her hand when she's like yeah. stepping into the carriage, it's just like yes. oh, like some of his his little little things are so well done in that movie that he just kind of gets my heart. I think. Yeah. So what about? Not, I mean, like adaptations in the sense of, like, um, like Clueless and stuff. What, what are those? What are those? What are your favorite out of those kind of adaptations? Oh, Clueless is so good. Oh. <laughs> I, my <laughs> daughter is is eleven, and I'm like, is she old enough to watch Clueless? I don't know. I feel like we're close. Um, yeah, I close, yeah. yeah, I I recently watched that the newest Emma version. Did you see that one? I had heard about it. Isn't that with Florence Pugh? Was that is our thinking of the oh, wrong no. actress? The the girl who's in the the Queen's Gambit. Um, I of course I'm drawing oh, a blank on her Anna. too. She's very distinctive looking. Yes, uh, yes, Anna Taylor Joy. Um, yes, yes. Uh-huh. She was Emma. That was like a new like the newest version. I saw that one was yes. very interesting. Okay. I mean, it's interesting, oh. too, because my, my my daughter was like, wait, is that Ant-Man? And I went, yes. She goes, did he age ever? I went, no. <laughs> no. No. I think, I I mean, I think we're all a little bit in love with Paul Rudd, aren't we? I mean, yeah. my daughter, yeah. she, she started to love him when he was doing um, karaoke with Jimmy Fallon. Have you watched any of those? Like, yes, think karaoke I have. Battles? They are hysterical. So good. So good. Well, and then it was funny too because my my oldest, the young, I'm showing her all these movies. She's 18, and I was like, okay, well, you love Paul Rudd, and we've seen some movies that said you're going to have to see the 40 year old virgin, and she's just going, oh my god, what is wrong with him? It's like just a different way to look at the world, I guess. Oh, that is so funny. Oh, I haven't seen that yeah. one in a while. Yeah, I know. That she's was like, such a wow. 
I know. Well, you know, and it's it's interesting because obviously he's Dorian Gray. He's obviously got a painting somewhere in his attic. Um, but it absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but he just has he's he's kind of that fun. Um, a guy who doesn't take himself too seriously. He knows he's smart. He knows he's good at what he's doing, but he's not necessarily believing his own press. I guess is the best way to put it. Um, the kind of characters he no, plays. No, and like he, you know, whenever you read that phrase, like he has a twinkle in his eye. That's Paul Rudd mm-hmm. is who I think of. He has very twinkly eyes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He does. So yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I just it's just a lot of fun to see them all. So are you a historical romance reader? Oh yes, yes I am. <laughs> <laughs> so you are? Are you um, anticipating Bridgerton season two? I am. I have watched the first season <laughs> more than once. More than once. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh-huh. And I'm very sad that the actor who plays Simon is not returning. But um, Renee, but I yeah. will definitely. Yo, know, he is so gorgeous. Um, but I am. I'm excited for season two. I think I liked that. I haven't read the books in a really long time, but I've read all of the Bridgerton books. I think I liked Anthony and Kate's story quite a bit. Yeah. Well, Anthony really needs to like get put in his place pretty hard. So I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> he was way more horrible in the show than he was in the book. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you know it's it get, I, and I love the fact that that streaming services and different studios have figured out they can tell these wonderful stories um, on film, and you don't have to cram it into 90 minutes or you know two hours. We can do this, and, and the format's there now. Where it wasn't really even five years ago, um, you know these, oh, know. these limited this sort of like series. Yes, the yeah. limited series. Are, I, I love this renaissance of them. I, I'm addicted to uh-huh. them because they just feel like the production value is usually so good, and you can really mm-hmm. explore a book. Um, yeah, I'm loving this this limited series. I hope it stays. I hope it doesn't like fade, like go away, like the miniseries did. Um, I hope that it stays because I just think the content is unbelievable. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's kind of like what they were doing, all those, um, I don't know if you remember these, but they would always have those miniseries on, uh, it was ABC had a lot of them, but um, in the 80s and 70s, you know, you had Roots, and then you had uh, North and South, and you had um, Thornbirds and Lace, and I mean, all these different ones, and they'd have, what, two or three a year, I guess, so it was like a big deal, um, and it was, what, four nights, you two hours? Oh, yeah, I remember night. those. They were a big deal. Yeah. Super big. I mean, it was like I was in middle schoolish, um, and that you know, you would stay get to stay up till ten. It's like a big deal. Oh yeah, and I was definitely way too young to be watching the Thornbirds. I definitely was watching it. <laughs> right. Oh Rolf. Oh Rolf. But you know Richard Chamberlain. Yeah. Oh, you know yes. Um, angst. But it's, it's, it's just good angst. It was good angst. I mean, and it just. It was amazing this the um the grandeur and the you know the whole sweeping saga of it all and just really of course terribly sad story as well as the romantic right. elements of it yeah. but still you know it's just kind of a disaster waiting to happen um but yeah <laughs> it was it was beautifully told great cinematography for sure mm-hmm. um but yeah I, and then of course I think that's where Brian um was it Brian Brown and Rachel Ward met like yes, in real life. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, yeah. Um, so pair up with me if we ever have movie trivia at a, at a writer's conference. I will help you win. So. <laughs> I know all <laughs> sorts do. of it's useless bits of information. So speaking of <laughs> sweeping fabulous books, you have two books out. So you've got Scammer Girl and Disaster Girl. And so yeah, this concept, if, if anybody, you know, you need to check Michelle Dayton because these, this concept is fabulous. You have an elite group of online romance scammers going after married cheaters. I mean, seriously. Yes. And it's what, <laughs> a group of five women, a group of five women yep. in this series, yes? So how did you come up with this? You know, I love movies like Ocean's 8 or like the Thomas mm-hmm. Crown Affair where you have like this, you know, so Ocean's 8, I love that it was a team of women like all working together. Yeah. Um, and, they, you know, they weren't, they weren't, that they weren't, you know, on the side of the law for sure, but they weren't bad people. Um, people make all sorts right. of complicated decisions in their lives, right? And um, and sometimes starting in a place that's not, you know, perfection is a great way to start for an emotional arc of a book. And um, and I so I just loved this concept of these women kind of be- behaving badly in an entertaining way. And then like the Thomas yes. Crown Affair, we have two people who are kind of diametrically opposed about something, but they just like each other so much they can't stay away from each other. I love that kind of dynamic. And so that's what I was trying to do with Scammer Girl. I mean, you're, you know, you bring about the Thomas Crown Affair, and I I will say I did not see the one with Steve McQueen and Faye Dunaway, but I did see uh, Pierce Brosnan and Renee Russo, and wow. I mean, the chemistry on that was just, like, unhinged. Oh, so good. I mean, it was mm-hmm. so amazing. I really wanted my hair cut like her. I've still been trying. It's only, like, 20 years, but it still doesn't work. I just, like, I cannot get it to fluff <laughs> like she did in the movie. But, of course, she's got someone walking her around clothes. and doing her hair. She had fantastic clothes. Yeah. Oh, she did. But I loved her her presence. Like it was so fierce and so strong, and she, but not so arrogant that she um, was first a jerk to people, but second, she also um, was listening and learning that whole time as well. So she was absorbing as much as she was, you know, getting done. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was trying to do with my main character because she has a PhD in psychology. And, and right. she's um, kind of a chameleon. She's been a chameleon her whole life. Like she kind of like watches, listens to what people say, and then kind of formulates a way to react that will be the best received. And so entering into this kind of idea where she's sort of entrapping men um, is, is all in her brain, really. Like she concocts these characters that these men are going to kind of fall head over heels with. And, and so it's, it was kind of fun to, to play to, to write that kind of a puppet master. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Did you so when? I mean, you know, a lot of people will sit in in certain situations to kind of get inspiration. Or um, the example is, I needed a, a coffee shop scene in one of my books, so I was coming up with really generic. Um, coffee orders that they would like yell out so I just sat at Starbucks one day and just wrote down every single order they yelled and people come up with all (laughs) sorts of weird stuff so I mean how did you do that kind of those scenarios for this like did you watch certain shows Um, did you like sit somewhere and go I wonder if and like come up I mean how did you how did you create like these 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 cheaters basically Um, your reasons and such I'm trying to think, you know, um, the the genesis of the book was actually really different than where it ended up, which is, I'm sure you're an author too, that's happened to you. Um, 
for me, I actually conceived of this. I always wanted to write a story where people kind of fell in love almost through letters, um, you know, <laughs> writing one another. And um, I had kind of come up with an outline of these characters and how they would kind of fall in love by writing each other letters because, but they were very, they disagreed strongly about something. So writing the letters, you know, they didn't think it meant anything until it did. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that kind of, and I, and then I think, you know, I was thinking about con artists and thinking how I'd like to write a book about con artists um, just because I, I love the idea of like costumes and disguises and kind of mm-hmm. um, a big con and some trickery. And somehow those two ideas kind of came together in my head. And so I was like, Oh, how can I, how can, okay. So my two characters are going to be like this. The woman is going to be the con artist and the guy is going to be somebody who's very, very opposed to any sort of crime and it kind mm-hmm. of, and then at the time I had written the first book and I had been working with the publisher and they said, you know, we really like how you have this technology aspect to it because the first book in the series is about um, revenge porn. And they're like, yeah. what about, oh, wow. what if you made yeah. a series, what if you made a series based on different aspects of technology that complicates romance? So I'd had this mm-hmm. idea of a con artist and I had these two people and I was like, oh, this was technology. So I'm like, oh, and then I did some research on online romance scams and how much money people lose in the country, like in real life. And I, so that's yeah. how the idea came together for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, people get scammed. And it's awful. I mean, it's just, it's just awful. I mean, there's no way that people, it's like an accident or anything else. I mean, they're, they're sought out. I mean, they're preyed on. They're, these people are predators. That are going after and trying to rip people off. Yeah. Yeah. What was the biggest surprise that you saw when you were doing this research for con artists and scammers that were um, doing this? I think probably just the dollar amount of of the the amount of money that is lost every year in online romance scams. It's like something like a hundred and twenty million dollars every year. Or something like that. Is there a certain age group like that's been... hit harder than others? Um, some, unfortunately, um, people who prey upon the elderly, you know, they belong in hell. Yeah. But so, yeah. So some sometimes um, the elderly folks who who aren't so up to date on the kinds of ways people can wean in over the internet tend to mm-hmm. fall a little bit more victim to it. And, of course, lonely people, right, because everywhere are looking for connection. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, so it's honestly, in real life, it's a very sad thing, and it's a very predatory practice. And so for my book, you know, we really lightened it up, and, and our scammers, they really only kind of target jerks, you know, married men who are cheating on their sure. wives so, and rich men. Sure. So it's, it's not, not representative of the actual population who gets affected in real life. Right. Uh, a friend of mine is a police officer, and he was talking about, you know, they were working with the FBI because there was this really big sting that was going on, and, you know, multiple people had been affected in, in the town where he was a police officer. There was a woman there, an older woman, like you're mentioning, um, who was taken, and they would, you know, email her and say, it was like I'm stuck somewhere. It was one of those kind of emails, you know, oh, hi, um, oh, yeah, yeah. and I just have to reach out, you know, and I'm stuck in Indonesia when they're really like in Ohio. Um, and uh, so she had sent them a bunch of money, and so they were able to get her statement and everything. And um, they sat down with her, and my friend was saying, you know, we sat down with her, explained to her what was going on, and she was just devastated. And she lost several thousand dollars. Um, and they said, so 
if somebody reaches out to you again like this, what do you do? Like, and what do you do type thing? And she's like, well, what if you're really in trouble? And she's like, no, no, <laughs> no, don't do that. No. And she just really worried. so heartwarming. But yeah. 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 She just really worried that, well, what if they are stuck? It's like, look. <laughs> No, they, they, there are resources they need. It's just like, wow. And if you don't even know them, no, don't sit. So, but I'm glad that you're, you're addressing, I mean, it seems like it would be obvious with someone who going after cheaters would, would be married guys. Are there any married women that they target? Is that something that happens later in a series? I mean, what, I mean, I, I'm open to that idea, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, no, am I yeah. just there? They only go after the men. <laughs> okay. Okay. And so you've got two people that are going to meet. And then the second book is Disaster Girl. And so that's another yeah, that member of the team. came out in May. Yeah. Right. Um, it's actually, right. It's, there's overlapping character, but it's a completely different story. Um, so okay. the, the main character from Disaster Girl does have like a mini part in Scammer Girl, but she's not a scammer. Okay. She, um, this is, she has her own kind of story and her own technology problem. Um, she is uh, okay. the, the the hook for that one is what happens if you fall in love with the hacker you hire to get your sex tape off the internet? Oh wow, wow, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> so a whole different technology issue. Yep. <laughs> right. So when you were doing the research for that um, for revenge porn, it's different. Mm-hmm. It's not a. Is it federal crime or is it a, is it state or does it depend? So it kind of depends. Um, there are different laws per se. It's called NCP, which is actually called non-consensual, non-consensual pornography. And okay. different laws have different state, or different states have different laws about it. But yeah, so it, we, we, we know it as revenge porn because of just the scenarios, but it's actually a broader un, um, umbrella, just any, any sort of image or, you know, film or anything that's non-consensually posted to, um, some sort of public arena. Wow, it's um, but is it so? It, does it become federal at any level? Like if you send it to so and so in another state, I mean, I guess it's harder to determine because it's internet, right? I think yeah, and and the worst part about these like sites in particular, there's like and there's more than six thousand sites that have NCP on them, and the majority of them are hosted um, off seas. And so they are actually not subject to our laws. And so, you know, lawyers who work in this, they try to contact them to get them to take the material down, but it's just not effective. So it 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 can it's just it's so awful because it it can go up, and and then somebody can like tag you on social media, so people in your life get. So it's it's just a horrible thing that can happen. Um, You like you like. One, you make, you're maybe careless one second of your life and you pay for it forever because people can Google you and for anything, a job interview or a date or something. And it's just, it's, it's just doing the research for that book, honestly, just broke my heart. Like I was just like, oh, this is the worst. So I, uh, I definitely punished that guy at the end of the book and I still feel good about that. Oh, good. Yeah, don't you love that? I mean, you know, it's one of those things that you can't really, like, actually punish them like you want. So it always feels good to do it in a book, right? You feel kind of cathartic a little bit? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So you've got you, – do you have five total in the series? 
So I have two out right now. The Disaster Girl came out in May, and Scammer Girl came out just on Tuesday. And then there will mm-hmm. be two more. So I have one coming out mm-hmm. in June, and then I have one coming out in the holiday time frame. So, um, so there will be four in the Technically Love series. And then I have other books um, that maybe are on my website, but they're just not in this particular series. Right. So you've got the Tracy Brothers. And so yes. <laughs> tell me a little bit about them. Oh, those are my sexiest ones. Those are my uh, yes, my they are ones. Yes, um, not yes, they. They're about. To, I know, I know. High heat there. <laughs> ones that you don't want your mom to read. Those ones. Uh, they're, um, you know, they're those actually were originally for. Um, they were bought by an imprint of Simon and Schuster that unfortunately got shut down. But um, uh, they're fun. They're just fun. They're you know they're short contemporary romance. They're both set in Chicago. Um, they're a set of brothers, and it's their love story, one book each. And, oh, yeah, they're just super fun, super short, super sexy. I love it. So when did you decide, I mean, if, it sounds like you've been a reader for a long time. You love romance. You love a lot of things. So what made you sit down and go, what was that catalyst to say, you know what, I want to write a book? Well, I think it's kind of what you said. Like I've been a lifelong reader, voracious reader, and I always thought that, being an author sounded like the most amazing job in the world. And, um, and I guess I just, I got an idea one day and I'm like, well, I'll just try. I'll just try. Now let me just tell you that that particular book was abysmal. It is in a drawer somewhere, hopefully buried forever. Um, I hope nobody ever sees it, but you know, you learn from every project that you do, you learn. <laughs> you do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, it's. I think there's a lot of us that have those books that will never see the light of day. But and and I know that I've talked to people who are like, well, why wouldn't you if you spend all that time? It's like, yeah, but it's kind of a learning curve. Sometimes you just there's so much to fix on something that it's just like I'll just start over because it's kind of like you screwing up a recipe. You can't fix a recipe if you used salt instead of sugar. I mean, you're just gonna have to. Just, scrap the whole thing oh, that's a great that's um, a great analogy i love that yeah yeah you know i got i, I, I totally lifted nice, that though. off of coal yeah i t- totally lifted that off coal miner's daughter because um there's a scene <laughs> in it when she makes the pie i don't know if you've seen the movie but she makes the pie and it's like an auction like you know whoever buys the pie she sits with and they eat the pie and um that's when she meets her husband and and she makes it he he pays all of five dollars for this pie which is like a huge amount of money um and he eats it, and she switched the sugar and the salt. <laughs> oh, so. I haven't seen that. Enough. Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. funny. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, no. I mean, I think the great thing about any – I never feel that any writing is wasted. So I have these old right. projects, right, that are never going to see the light of day because they were horrible. But I lift things from them, like maybe even just mm-hmm. like – a phrase, a phrase that I really liked or that book that I was talking about that was so terrible, I actually used the title for my per- first novella that got published with Karina Press. I, my horrible book, horrible book, but I loved the title. So I reused the title. Yeah. So I do feel like you can mine anything uh, for value later. So I, I like that idea because it, it is heartbreaking to think of all the time and effort that goes into some of the things. But you, there's things you can use. It's not wasted. Oh, for sure. And I think just just the fact that you can sit down and say, I finished it, is huge. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people aren't really completely aware of what 
it takes to finish a book. Like you're talking about 50,000 to some people 100,000 words, and that's it's 250 words a page on average. I mean, you're talking a lot, a lot of pages, a lot of words. So it's it's that feeling of yeah, I finished it. I mean, it wasn't pretty, oh, but I did it. There's no feeling like it, right? Oh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, when you know you're done, that's the best one. And then that crippling self-doubt when you send it to your editor. <laughs> it's like, I have to. You hit. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Trisha, I have to do that in three days. I have to send my next one in, and I'm like, oh, <gasps> <gasps> <Yeah>. know <laughs> You're feeling like, yes, this is the best thing I've ever written, and you send it, and like two hours later, you're like, oh, my God, I know it's terrible. You know? It's terrible. She's going to just write back and say, start over. <laughs> yeah. Why do you send me this crap? Nobody wants to read this. Yeah. No, and it, no, it doesn't happen. I mean, but it's like one of those moments you're just like, oh, why do I do this to myself? Yeah. <laughs> but then the book's released and everyone talks about it. You're like, and this is why. So it's very bipolar. Yes. Writing. It is. It's an emotional <laughs> roller coaster. It totally is. So what um, what are you wanting to write that you haven't written yet? Like, what is that project that you're just like, I really want to write about that? What is it? Ooh, that is a great – well, a couple different answers, actually. Um, I had – I mm, well, this year I'm writing a Christmas story, which I had never done before. So and I'm a little okay. bit excited about that just because um, – that's, so that will be coming out this year. But in terms of very new stuff, um, and I, this is not well-timed because of the pandemic and everybody just being kind of over very dire things. But I always did kind of want to write like a post-apocalyptic something. Um, okay. But, but, in, with, but it's so funny. Try, believe me, I've tried pitching this to my agent, and she gives me a look. I'm like, but in like a fun way. <laughs> Translates very well, um, but I, I did have an idea because I read this article on CNN like a year ago about these bunkers that billionaires are building, survive mm-hmm. the apocalypse or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I had this story idea about what if a, you know, a woman, the world has ended and this woman has found her way into one of these elite you know bunkers that were you know built by billionaires, but her getting in there was like a mistake. Like she lied, mm-hmm. and now this is her whole world. And so I, I had so that's a little bit more of a thriller. So I guess, sorry, very long answer to your question. Um, I think I'd like to try a thriller at some point. <laughs> yeah. What What are some of your favorite thriller writers? Ooh, great question. Um, I am loving like. Uh, do, you, do you read Jennifer McMahon ever? I haven't, but I will now. She's she's phenomenal. I mean, I've I've. Ruth Ware, I've read all of hers. Oh, she churns mm-hmm. them out, man. She's got a lot of good ones. Um, of course, I can't. Oh, is it Sophie? Sophie Hannah? I love her. <laughs> Who do you like thriller-wise? You know, it's been so long since I've read any thrillers. Um, I've loved, like, the the heist with Janet Ivanovich. That's more of a cat and mouse type thing. Um, oh, sure. But, yeah. And, and I... Um, God, what was the last time I read a thriller? I've been reading so many, like, historical fiction and, and romance and nonfiction. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I read a thriller. Now, like, Ooh, Lisa Jewell um, is horror. very good. Lisa Jewell is very good. Yeah. Well, horror-wise, of course, um, it's a totally different one. Um, 
and that's not necessarily thriller per se, but um, and I've read limited amounts of those over my lifetime. Um, but I will say that after reading Misery, I was like, I'm never going anywhere as a writer without like battery backup <laughs> and you know a survival pack. Because <laughs> man, that book was intense. <laughs> That was, that was, oh yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's a classic for a reason. That is just, yeah. Well, and it's interesting because Kathy Bates was, um, you know, you see her in that and then you see her as Evelyn in Fried Green Tomatoes and then you see her as like in the water boy, you know, it's just like, (laughs) like you just don't even think it's the same woman. Um, But it obviously is. She's incredible. Yeah. I know. She's, she's just, and she seems like she's having a generally fun time with what she's <laughs> yes, doing. I know. She, there's a bit of glee to her that's just amazing. Right. Well, and she was on um, Lip Sync Battle. I don't know if you've ever seen her oh. on there. but she, Yeah, she was on I there and it. she what played is, Bruno Mars. Doing? What was it? She did Bruno Mars um, <laughs> 24 Carat or something like that. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Because oh everyone was like, gosh, what is she going to do? It was so funny. It was great. Um, but, yeah, I think that... Um, one of my big ones right now, I've been reading more historicals. I uh, I read um, Wild Women Get the Blues, I think. It was by uh, Denny Bruce. And then um, I've, of course, read uh, many Harlequins. I'm very excited about those. Um, and it just it's one of those things of the balance of it all, you know, like really getting to sit down to write, to read something. But, and I don't know if you have this, but I notice that my writing goes kind of stale if I don't read. Like, if I'm not oh, for reading. Sure. And, for sure. Um, yeah. One of the things I am listening to now, which I never thought I'd really like audiobooks, but I was out driving somewhere and so I put it on, um, was Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters Storyteller. And I have found that a lot of books, especially biographies or autobiographies, are so much fun to hear with the actual person that's written it telling the story because – you get their inflections and you get that little, um, you know, that little, uh, I don't know, like you're saying, sparkle in their words when they're describing something. Um, and it's just he's so, so good about telling his story. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's like I'm driving longer. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm yeah. driving around <laughs> the block a few times. Like, wait, I want to get to do this chapter. Um but yeah, he he talks about growing you know, how he grew up in Washington D.C. area, and then you know of course that the people in the ER knew his name when he walked in. He said it was like Norm from Cheers, you know, they'd go David because he. Oh walk. my god! <laughs> so, but it was a lot of like very nostalgic stuff. Like he talked about, you know, being outside until dark, and um, you know, running around the neighborhood, and you know, banana uh, banana seats on your bike, and. Yeah. You know, three stations on TV, and I mean, it's just like, wow, yeah, okay, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, I think it, I try to mix it up um, as much as I can. But you know, who knows? It might be to depend on the room I'm in of what book I'm reading. So um, just oh, because, sure. oh, I left Sometimes this. Here. I go through like, I go through phases where I'm like, I, I'm all historical for like three weeks. It's all I want. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a bit mm-hmm. of a comfort level there. I love those, and I just. I've read, I don't know if you've read any Sherry Thomas. Um, mm-hmm. I've become obsessed with her lately. She writes the Lady Sherlock series, um, right. which I've been reading for years and love. But I've just, met, for some reason, just discovered her more just historical romances, and I'm kind of tearing through those right now. 
Yeah. I love when you find an author that's a new-to-you author, even an author that you've known about, but you just haven't sat down and, and read their books, and there's this massive catalog, you know? And it's like, oh, oh that's it's like Christmas come again. <laughs> it is. Or those, oh, or those really wonderful times where you, like, stumble across a series, and you're like, eh, I'll try it. And then you love the first book, and then you're like, there's 11 more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, you know, your family's like, sandwiches again? Really? Like, yeah, it is. Sandwiches again. That's it. So, um, Enjoy your craft mac and cheese. Yes. Everybody gets peanut butter and jelly. Everybody. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. Have, have fun. You want variety? Throw some fruit on it. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's just, I think that that's, as a writer, and you know that there's all this this different aspects of it that makes us that make us productive versus not. Um, and so it's nice to have so many of us. Um, I've been reading more than I've been writing the past two years, but definitely been appreciative of everybody who is writing and, and being productive. So excited mm-hmm. about your, your newest release because, you know, certainly I can escape for a little while here and uh, not think about <laughs> everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I hope that you like it. And yes, escapism is so key right now. Oh, yeah. I think everyone needs to give themselves a break from time to time. I mean, it, I think it's healthy. I think it's essential for certain. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, so I would you, you you've got some stuff coming up later in the year. Would you come back and talk to us again when it comes out? No, oh, my goodness. I would absolutely love to. Yay. <laughs> Especially with your holiday, I want to hear all about how you, you know, went through if you had to brain, if you had to, to uh, crunch all the ho- the Hallmark holiday movies for inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would enjoy that task so much. <laughs> I know it's like mommy is working. <laughs> what exactly? Don't mind the popcorn in my wine. No, just don't mind it. <laughs> yeah, no. It's interesting though because I've done stuff like that, and and, and the kids are like are you working? I'm like, yeah, I am actually, you know, just taking notes here. Um, it's kind of important that I get this right. So, yeah, <laughs> I swear it is. Job it is research. <laughs> I think I can see why though that family gets confused because they're like, okay, are you, are you doing research right now? Are you not doing research right now? Um, <laughs> like that's fair. I, I think um, I was yeah. at a conference one time and they said to wear a hat or have some sort of sign or something up, like I'm working, or if I have this hat on, um, you know, don't talk to me. So I, I maybe I should do that. Maybe I should get a hat. And so if I have this hat on, it would be a on, very actually, clear signal. Yeah, it would be. But you know, they're not going to look at it anyway. They're not going to listen to it. So it's like kind of pointless. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> be like Nora Roberts, who's like, okay, you're not actively bleeding, and nothing's on fire. So why are you talking to me? Oh. <laughs> Exactly. Oh my God, I love her so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's just, I mean, amazing. And I don't know if you've heard and anybody out there. There's um, there was a website recently uh, shown online that um, they were <gasps> ghostwriters. See that? Yes. I was like, what is They're ghostwriters, and they idiot. put her book on there, and it was like, oh my God, everyone step back. This is going to go nuclear because she, I'm sure, did not <laughs> take that news well. <laughs> Oh, she's so incredible. Like when she comes out of her writing cave, it just brings the hammer down. It's the best ever. I know. It, it's, it's insane how productive she is. I mean, it's 
Um, I remember she said she used to pretend that she was sick when the UPS guy would show up and she was still in her pajamas at like 2.30 in the afternoon. And then um, <laughs> then she was like, she just quit doing it. She was like, ah, eh, you know, he knows. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've seen her talk a few times at conferences and it's, she's just stellar every time. Just her like just dry delivery and she's just like, yep, this is me. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, oh, you're this amazing. Is it. So it's always funny. So Romance Writers of America had her for um, – she'd come and do these two-hour conferences and answer the same 50 questions every year. And she was very nice about it. Um, but there was there would always be this mad dash for the bathroom afterwards, obviously, because we'd all been sitting in there drinking coffee the whole time. And um, there was a friend of mine who was in the bathroom, and uh, she said there was this woman in the stall – saying, oh, my God, this is my, this is, I can't believe I'm at this conference, and this is so amazing. And she starts talking, and then she's like, she's, but she's asking questions of the person that's still next to her. And you can tell, and you hear this low, gravelly voice, the girls, the woman's like, um, oh, my God, this is like the most amazing conference. Have you been to a conference before? And you hear this the voice go, yes, I've been, I've been to a few of these conferences. She goes, oh, my God, this is amazing. My name's Tara. What's your name? And she's like, hi, Tara, my name is Nora, Nora Roberts. And everybody oh. lost it in the bathroom. Like, and, and the funniest part about that was my husband goes, you talk to each other in the bathroom? <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> like, a fair yes. question. <laughs> Women do talk to each other in the bathroom. He's like, that's weird. <laughs> like, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, my God, that's hilarious. So everybody who's been listening to us, um, this is Mich- this was Michelle Dayton talking to me uh, about her books. They are out now. You've got Disaster Girl and Scammer Girl. They are out. She has two more coming out this year. If you want to reach out to Michelle, get on her newsletter um, list and everything else, she is at michelledayton.com. She's also on Twitter at mkdayton, D-A-Y-T-O-N, writer. And you can also have the, write- the links in the write-up of the show. So it has been wonderful talking to you today, Michelle. Please come back this year, later this year and talk to us some more. Oh, I will. Thank you so much for having me. Have a wonderful rest Absolutely. of your day. You too. And this has been Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio. And, you can, um, and please stay safe and stay well, and we will talk to you next time. This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions www.cosproductions.com Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle.